You are now listening to Closer in Tech, the podcast created by the D2 Collective. This is Erica. And this is Nasti. The D2 Collective's vision is to make the tech world feel closer. This podcast aims to inspire you through the ever-changing world of tech. Meet Akush. In her LinkedIn profile, she describes herself as flexible, compassionate, fast learning, and good at listening and connecting with others. She has lived in five different countries, and now she's Global Diversity and Inclusion Lead at Miro in Amsterdam, where she enjoys working with developing people, leaders, and their organization. She focuses on how to influence individual and cultural development. Welcome, Agush. Thanks for being here with us today. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, Agush. Very nice to have you on the podcast today. Could you tell us maybe a little bit more about yourself? Anything professional or personal that you want to mention? Mm, yeah, I think one thing that uh, you touched upon in my introduction is that I lived in five different countries. And I think an aspect of having lived in five different countries has given me the luxury of experiencing different cultures on myself. And from that, learning what works for me and what doesn't work for me or what aspects of culture I feel are good and what aspects of culture I feel don't necessarily always serve people. I can give you an example. When I look at my culture, I'm from Central Asia. I look at my culture. There are aspects of my culture that can expect that we sacrifice elements of who we are for the sake of what the community expects of you. And that's something that I don't think necessarily works very well for me. And I think that aspects of that, um, although create beautiful communities, can limit self-exploration and curiosity. Um, but what it did give me, a good aspect of what my culture gave me, was the ability to find closeness to my ancestors in a way that I feel that sometimes in Europe we don't necessarily have. And that closeness to our ancestors helps me discover myself through a different way and find who I am in not just my mind, not just in my emotion, but also in, within my spirit. So I would say that's one thing that really describes me and also perhaps one of the reasons why I ended up finding my way into a diverse and inclusion career path. Thank you for sharing a little bit more on that. Um, I think that follows up really well. So what I've seen in your LinkedIn headline is, is, is sort of the, the, the tagline igniting uh, the world with authentic passion. So how has this, uh, how has focusing on your authentic passion really impacted your own life? Right. Um, we are, in this modern world, we are like an onion that keeps adding layers. And we add those layers. Um, and as we add those layers, we are distancing ourselves really from, our, from who we are and, or who we want to be. Authenticity well, in how I see authenticity is really not so much about finding who you are, but it is more about being able to create yourself to become who you want to be. And the further or the more layers we add to ourselves, the further we move away from being able to find where our hearts, desire, passion are pointing towards. So for me, Focusing on authentic, authentic passion has helped me discover who I want to be, has helped me build trust in myself, has helped me explore uh, different um, manifestations of myself as well. You know, sometimes we think that progress is really in setting in one way and growing in that one way, let's say, um, 
let's say playing a violin. So I played the violin and I dropped it, but playing a violin and playing it until you get good at it and dropping it is seen as something that is bad or not serving ourselves. But if we are able to find our authenticity and our authentic passion, we can make decisions that maybe society doesn't think are necessarily good for us, but in the long run, they are. Like violin was never right for me. I should have never been doing that. But the exploration of having done that and then made the decision to not do it and yet still find my way to my own ideas of what success means to me has helped me. So that's how I think authentic passion has served me. Thank you so much for this, Akush. Like, I find it very inspiring um, the way you talk about authenticity because I think it's something that in the end, like, it's, it's, it's deep within us, right? Right under all of those layers of the onion that, that, that you were mentioning. Um, and it resonates a lot. And I, I can really see like the, the connection also with like diversity um, and inclusion and kind of being true to yourself. So uh, if we can just take a step back, like what inspired you to pursue a career in uh, global uh, diversity and, and inclusion and belonging? <laughs> if I could define my role title, I would call it authenticity and belonging and tolerance. And I think that's what diversity and inclusion really is for a lot of people, although I can't really define it because DNI is different to everyone based on their lived experience. Um, but it is precisely that, the complexity of how people understand DNI and how personal DNI is and how it expressing itself in the work setting is what made DNI so interesting for me to pursue and to um, become a professional in. So this is, I mean, I mean, imagine I get to work in my day to day in a way where I get to understand people, I get to help people, I get to hear people, I get to help people amplify their voices. And in doing so, constantly be exposed to myself and where I can grow, constantly be exposed to how I limit myself and how I can develop to be a better version of myself. I think for me, diversity and inclusion is something that's the most aligned with my feeling of what is purposeful or what is purpose for me. And I think it is something that resonates with my heart in a way where I genuinely believe doing DNI properly, doing DNI consciously, doing DNI honestly, is something that will make individuals find themselves and find happiness within as well as without, like as well as externally. If that, I hope that answers your question. Yes, it does. Thank you so much. I, I, I really appreciate it. I really like the point where you said it, it, it means something different for, for each of us. And I think we can all find a way to kind of tune in in, with diversity and inclusion and find how it relates and how we can be conscious in in practicing it and i also i also like the the use of the word tolerance i think it's um yeah i resonate a lot with that also and with belonging for sure yeah i mean if if i can speak a little bit on the aspect of tolerance i think without knowing how to accept ourselves we will never be able to accept others and i think we will also sometimes put judgment on the notion of certain acceptance. Um, so that's why I think authenticity and tolerance do come hand in hand. 
And when we do DNI in a way where we can explore who we are and consciously sit within that and be able to accept that, I think is when we will learn how to accept beyond what we think was okay in the past. Thank you for sharing that. I wanted to understand or go a little bit deeper into um, what do you believe are the most important elements of creating sort of inclusive and diverse works, workplace? Um, going back sort of to how, how if you could describe your, your role title, uh, that it would be authenticity, belonging and tolerance. How do you take those values within this in, in sort of creating that, that best in, in class workspace? Yeah. Well, that's a very practical question compared to the other ones. And I think um, because DNI can sometimes be quite a charged topic, I think there are certain things that an organization needs to do before we can even explore aspects of authenticity and tolerance. So those are three things that I think organizations need to first uh, do. One is agree on what diversity and inclusion means for that organization. Define it describe it, get, get agreement from everyone that this is what it is. And by everyone, I mean from leadership as well as from employees. Um, and then there is commitment to certain things that are a must when it comes to DNI. That commitment is to diversity. As an organization, we have to have a commitment to diversity and ensure that we have reach to individuals uh, from all different demographics to be able to be aware of opportunities and to be able to get access to these opportunities so that we may be able to diversely hire in a very long-term sustainable manner. Uh, then of course, there are elements of belonging and inclusion and how we are tracking how engagement works as well as ensuring that whatever doesn't work is being addressed. This builds trust between the organization as well, the as, well as the employees. Without this trust, there can never really be a further exploration of DNI because this is a must. Um, and then, of course, there's the aspect of uh, data and being able and what data does. Data is really like the most useful thing you can have in DNI because what data does is that it shows what you are doing and what you're speaking about genuinely has, or what you're speaking about genuinely has action behind it. It's like the receipts here. I am really doing this. I am really focusing on this. Um, so those are the two things. And then there's the third thing of metrics. Metrics is just to kind of, as a DNI professional, you want to be able to see that you are actually progressing in what you're doing and that you can tell the story of your progress by measuring how you are progressing so that individuals, well, leadership can understand what you're doing as well as employees can understand what you are doing and you feel like you are making steps towards success. Otherwise, you can really feel in DNI like you're going round and round and round in circles and getting nowhere. And then the fourth one, which then takes us to the question of how can we start building in aspects of tolerance and aspects of authenticity in an organization? And that is through the pursuit of innovative DNI trainings. DNI right now is at a stage where it is shape-shifting, it's changing. And some DNI professionals recognize this and some don't. Um, but in its recognition, what we have is an opportunity to create DNI in a way where we can make DNI a step of first identifying how to create safety and security within yourself, then how to find who you are so that you are confident within who you are. So that's the element of authenticity as well as the ability to stay true to yourself uh, in that process. 
And then we have the elements of learning how to come into conversation with different individuals who may have different uh, views and learn what aspects of our personality can be reactive to certain things. Because in our reactivity, we give away elements of our power. And really, reactivity is the idea that you can control others, when in actuality, you never really can. You can only really control yourself. So understanding through experience, what, where do I react and why do I react? And then being able to then engage in DNI through the, through the stories of other individuals and be able to learn how to turn up respectfully and how to turn up with acceptance outside of that. So elements of self-engineering, as well as elements of being able to turn up in community. It's what I call conscious individuation to consciously create communities. Does that make sense? Yes, thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's really interesting the, the point that you touched upon that you see DNI uh, shifting, um, that we really need more inno innovative uh, training for that as well. And the data part. And I, I wanted to ask a follow up question um, on that. Could mm. you tell us a little bit more on sort of, of course, data is, is sort of most useful in sort of tracking and, and seeing if we're actually progressing. Could you tell us more about how you would actually do that and perhaps which metrics um, you find most useful for that? I think when it comes to data, what we really want to be tracking in data is equity. And that is around how do we promote how well what is the retention level for all different groups um how do we do um gosh everything's just escaping my mind right now um but like how do we analyze career progression and uh, engagement of individuals across different groups uh, and why i think this aspect of data collection is important is because these can be the most revealing for an organization in terms of where they had blind spots and didn't know that they have to do work on. And by getting access to this data, they're then able to see, hey, clearly there are some things here that we're not doing, that we're not understanding. And that's partially because maybe we don't have that lived experience. And through this data, we can see that we need to do some more digging and some more exploring of what the problems may be. So um, for me, data, when it comes to gathering data, I think data should be gathered in a way where it can point to us pain points or problem points within an organization that we may not be aware of. Brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing that, Agush. I have um, one last question, actually, before we finish off. And it's kind of like taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture. So we mentioned already that, of course, like diversity and inclusion can mean something different to each of us. So what are your hopes and dreams for the future of diversity and inclusion? What do you think it's needed? Um, we are currently also experiencing a growth or a change or the next phase of psychology and how we understand consciousness. For me, my hopes and dreams for DNI would be to be able to start incorporating some of these aspects in. Um, so for example, we are now starting to learn or it's coming into the um, 
mainstream consciousness, we, it's becoming something that is um, something that we know is that there are things called um, such as neuroplasticity. There are things called, there are things such as how we see ourselves. There are things such as how we regulate our bodies that have a huge impact on how we are able to turn up as well as how we're able to build towards our futures. The whole idea of moving the narrative from giving away our power to externalities to finding our power within. Um, like one of my favorite people to uh, look in, like her work is incredible, or at least in my opinion is incredible. Her name is Nicole um, LaPera. She's known as the holistic psychologist. And she does a lot of work around the idea that you can never ever become more than how you see yourself. And the only way that you can see yourself in a certain way is if you can go back and heal aspects of yourself that have built limiting beliefs about who you are and who you can be. And the whole idea that we can no longer uh, create ourselves through our past experiences because our past experiences hold us back into who we think we are or who we think we can be and more build ourselves from the aspect of who we want to become in the future. And I really hope that uh, the future of DNI is one that empowers every single individual to start finding what that means for them. And this is really, uh, this is really where I think my passion, I think obviously where my passion lies. Um, and I really want to be able to start bringing these practices and these elements and these learnings and these techniques and skills and um, teachings to a workspace. So like one of the things that I feel is really important is for us to start reimagining work um, and reimagining, uh, <laughs> it's funny because I'm actually gonna start a podcast soon myself, which is by that name, uh, is really about being able to reimagine work through the idea of healing because we are all in the end, um, we're all in the end adults who are running around with a lot of our childhood still trapped inside us, a lot of our painful childhood still trapped out inside us. And I think how that expresses itself in the workspace or how that expresses itself in the modern world causes a lot of division, a lot of pain, a lot of unhappiness and a lot of um, distancing of, of individuals or away from the idea that we are humans who can still connect heart to heart. And I think really that is my hope for DNI. As it, as it moves to the future, a way to empower individuals to find a way back into their hearts and connections. Connecting to yourself. Thank you so much, Akush, uh, for sharing your knowledge uh, on this topic. Um, for me, it was a really great episode and um, great to learn from you. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this. Before we close off, where can people find you online? Um, well, LinkedIn, <laughs> I Great. don't really have a very uh, active online, online presence. I would say LinkedIn is one where I sometimes post articles, but, um, maybe once I start, uh, my podcast, which we're going to be recording the first episode, episode of, uh, end of January, uh, there'll be an ability to find me on Spotify, um, and Apple podcasts, um, under the name reimagining work, I think, but that is still not up and that is still not there. So amazing. Yeah. Will you be announcing that on your LinkedIn profile? Yes, I will. 
Perfect. <laughs> we'll definitely both uh, have a look for that. Absolutely. Yes, I'm really curious um, to listen to your first episode. So good luck with, with recording that one and very curious to have a listen soon. Thank you for listening to Closer in Tech, a podcast created by the D2 Collective. We are on a mission to make the tech world feel closer. If you're new here, the D2 Collective is a global value-based membership community for those working in tech. Our members get access to a growing network of inspiring and talented individuals, regular meetups in the major European cities, and additional content to unlock their personal and professional growth. If you want to be part of it, head to the d2collective.community.